Real quick, it was Daedalus and Icarus that I'll be discussing. I was blinking on the second gentleman's name. Daedalus is the father, Icarus is the son. This will make more sense later on in the episode. Bye. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining me on another episode of The One Take Stoic. As always, I am your host, Megan Johnson. Alrighty. I did not get to record an episode yesterday, and for that I do apologize. There is no excuse. The days before, I think I got everything worked out. There was a minor hiccup in the way these episodes got released, so I think I ironed it out, and I think it's good, so it should have all... I'll double-check on that. But anyways... Everything should be fine on the uh, way the episodes dropped. The last few of them didn't quite drop properly, and they didn't drop with any audio, which is sort of useless with a podcast. Anyways, I think I have the issue ironed out, and we'll see going forward. Alrighty. Today, the quote that we have is a Seneca quote. It is, <laughs> I need to reformat this one because the, sorry, it hyphenated a word and I really don't like it when it does that. Anyways, you act like mortals in all that you fear and like immortals in all that you desire. So we act like mortals in all that we fear, and we act like immortals in all that we desire. I think that's pertinent now as it was back in Seneca's day, because remember that Seneca is an ancient Stoic that was a Roman senator, philanthropist, and lawyer back in the early hundreds and he had seen some interesting things however I think with some of the things he and his uh, compadres have seen he's probably a little bit more crazy than we have considering there's one uh, Roman emperor that decided to give like he had 12-ish different names for himself that he uh, occurred, accrued over a small, interesting amount of time, and he renamed every single one of the days, uh, months of the year after him, so, and that actually stuck well until he died. So, maybe not quite as crazy as some of the things we deal with today, but similar crazy to the, um, just ostentatious as some people deal with. But that is neither here nor there. We act like mortals in the things we fear. Think about it. Think about the irrational fear that we sometimes have. Fear of speaking up. Fear of being ourselves. The fear of going into a room and being judged and allowing that fear 
to shake us to our core, to shake us into being silent. Think about that. We have quite, we have some very silly fears if you think about it. If you just deconstruct them and look at them as their base parts. However, on the flip side of that fear, we act like immortals when it comes to things we desire. We want, wait, not everybody, but this is going to be a blanket statement, and if this does not describe you, I completely understand, because it doesn't necessarily completely describe myself. In some parts it does. Anyways, we want wealth, we want fame, we want everything. We want the mansion, we want the big car, we want the flashy stuff. We want the things that most people would see on uh, that one show, um, MTV Cribs. We want that. Not all of us, but think about the things that many people strive for. We want to live that basically equated to immortal gods. The reason I say this is think about the Roman gods and goddesses. They lived on a house on top of a hill where people would come and worship them. And they had huge statues devoted to themselves. Mind you, this was all created by humans for their immortal deity. But that is the house that these mortals constructed for them so they could live in opulence. And think about that and think about what we strive for. Think about the MTV Cribs. It is basically copy, paste, and update for, you know, age, and you're good. That's basically what it is. And so you might have to squint a little bit to fully grasp and understand this one, but it's so very true. To be fair, I personally don't care about the amount of money I have, <laughs> sometimes to my detriment. But for me, I want to help people, and I want to help people. And with that, I hope that I'm remembered. If that doesn't happen, I don't care. But I want to help people. And I think in this one, I don't necessarily sympathize, but I can empathize. I think I got that one right. I don't necessarily want this, but I can understand why somebody, why Seneca is saying that we desire to be, you know, but we are immortals in what we desire. Because for some people, the big flashy house, the big, you know, whatnot appeals to them. And if that is what gets them motivated, it's their thing. And it's okay. But it's all about the way we frame things. And realizing that sometimes 
when we grasp for the moon, we don't necessarily end up amongst stars. Sometimes we end up falling flat on our face because we've grasped too far. Because we end up like Daedalus and, you know, flying too close to the sun to where the wax falls off of our wings and we plummet to the earth. Sorry, Daedalus' sun. Right? No, 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 I'm blanking on the names. Regardless, there's a reason why that parable was that parable. Because he and his father were trying to escape uh, the, oh goodness gracious, I'm blanking on the area, but it's the, his father and him were trying to escape the aftermath of making the Minotaur, basically. And, you know, the, oh, what did the Minotaur stay in? Labyrinth, the labyrinth, the, after making the labyrinth and the minotaur, well, not technically making the minotaur, there's some interesting bestiality going on there, but anyways, after making the labyrinth house the minotaur, um, he was the only one that knew the way out of the labyrinth, and due to his knowledge, they kept him from getting out. Uh, the Greeks, they kept him from getting out so he could not share his knowledge. And so, you know, long story short, he got out and then he, the major sacrifice he ended up having to make was his son because they made wax wings and these wings would work as long as you didn't go too low into the surf to where the water caught the wings and weighed them down, but conversely, you couldn't go too high because if you went too high, the heat from the sun would melt the wings and it would cause you plummeting into the water. And if you've plummeted into water before, if you have not rather, if you do it, the reason that you have a red mark on your tummy from doing a belly flop is because water can be as hard as concrete if you cannot enter, enter it properly. And so basically he dealt with a high-speed collision with the water and did not come out the survivor because he didn't have a <laughs> one-ton, two-ton car, you know, to encase and encapsulate him. But this is yet another, if you think about it, a mortal with, of all this whole entire story, was full of mortals with mortal fear, with very base fears that ended up affecting them. However, they were immortals in what they desired. The sun desired to fly like a bird, which caused him dying in the process. His father, if you want to get sort of gross and technical for a second, played God, more or less, because he built a suit in some versions of the story where the queen was able to 
mate with a bull, which is in some accounts where the Minotaur came from. And he also played God from his desire as well when he built the labyrinth because he built it to where nobody else could, you know, find out their way through. And that's one thing I love about the ancient myths. They get a little gruesome and they get a little incestuous and a little rapey because that's just... Zeus was not necessarily a very good fellow, as well as most of the other uh, male gods, for one reason or another, but that was a reflection of the times. If you can get past that and enjoy the story for the parable it teaches you, and for the interesting look into the, you know, the mind of a Greek around that time, it's extremely interesting. And this quote is extremely pertinent to something like Daedalus. And you got to think about it. And we have to make sure that we don't allow our fears to make us too mortal. And we don't want our desires to make us too immortal. We need to find a good balance. We need to not be afraid of our fear. We need to put it in its place, so to speak, and understand what it is and how it really does affect us. And just think about that. Is the thing that you're fearing rational? And if it's not, try and find some ways to make it to where it's a little bit more tolerable, if that makes any sense. And to the counterpoint, make sure that we don't allow our desires to get the best of us. We don't want to end up plummeting, you know, to the earth or to the water because we swam too close to the sun. Think about that, guys. Alrighty. Didn't mean to get so uh, out there in the Roman myths, I, or Greek myths. I do try to not go too heavily into those because I know, first off, I... I don't want to misremember and misquote anything. And also I know it's not necessarily everyone's bag. So I try not to do that. But on occasion, I, you know, let myself run wild with the Greek mythology. With that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The One Takes Stoic. As always, I've been your host, Megan Johnson. If you'd like to connect with me on Instagram, connect with me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. You can do so on all of those platforms at Thriving on Fat. If you'd like to check out the show notes for this or any of the other episodes, it'll be at thrivingonfat.com forward slash stoic. And lastly, if you like what you've heard, please rate and review on your podcast catcher of choice. If you feel that you know somebody that would get something out of this podcast as well, please share and whatnot. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I will talk to you manana.